Yo, what's up? This is DJ Yellow from the world's most dangerous group. What's up? This is DLC, the Diggy Diggy motherfucking doc. Yo, 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 what's up? This is your boy, Z-Man. What up, y'all? This is E-Shot. This is Jerry Heller, motherfucker. This your boy, DJ Paul K-O-L from 36 Young Dizzy Bone. Vice World. This your man, Matt Mine the Hell Razor. Yo, this is DJ Ready Red. What up, what up, what up? This is the real Rick Ross, and you're listening to me on the Murder Master Music Show. Richie Rich, we got Drew Down, we got E40 and that motherfucker. 
So all our crews in that motherfucker. So, you know, 40 is the alcoholic, you know what I mean, slurricane dude. So he bought a big trash can, like a plastic trash can, and filled that motherfucker up with all the shit to make the hurricane, the adrenaline, all the shit, the whole trash can was filled. And we just, like a big punch, you know what I mean? We all drinking that shit all night and got so fucked up. 40 couldn't lay his verse. He had to come back another day. It was just clowning. We were just having so much fun that night, period. Like, he was fucking up eight verses. It was really slurricane. Like, we had to redo verses over. Back in the day, you had to do it in one take. You couldn't punch in. You know what I mean? So motherfuckers fucking up off the liquor. Can't say they rhymes right and shit. Um, Betting, shooting dice and shit. Everybody, dominoes and shit. It was just so active. So many crews and shit. You know, it was a legendary night, man, period. But that's the night that I found out that Shock G was Humpy Hump. I always, like, you know, I, I never was around the crew until then. That was the first time me really rocking with Shock. And um, besides, yeah, well, yeah, the first time rocking with him. So um, um, he did both verses. He did him and Hump. And I'm like, Humpy in there? And they're like, nah, that's, that's just Greg. That's just Shock G. I said, hell no. Nah. And I looked in the booth. It was just him doing both this shit. I said, oh, shit. They got me, because in the video, they have uh, Shock Brother playing Humpty, you know what I mean? And Shock could really be in it, so I was always thinking that, okay, they two different niggas that look alike, and find out that it was his brother that looked just like him playing it. So he fooled me, man, so that was the first time I found out that Shock and, and Humpty Hump was the same motherfucking person. Literally, I was shocked. <laughs> I was Shock G that night. <laughs> Yeah. Really, but uh, yeah, that, that was a fun ass night, man. Um, we was all fucked up, drunk as shit. Yeah, yeah. When when he was uh, right after we were talking about that, uh, he's like, "You want you want to talk to Humpty?" And he started talking like Humpty in the mid interview. You know, what I'm saying, I mean, he was just a uh, a fun person, real humble. Um, you know, what I'm saying, I was real shocked to see him go. You know, so young, horrible. Yeah, man, Shock was legendary, man. Um, he just had, had his um his tree, you know. what I mean, the whole digital underground tree, just, just the branches to everybody, from Tupac to, you know, Money B, Raw Fusion to, you know, what I mean, the uh, Hobo Junction, you know, what I mean, Mystic, um, the Loonies, you know, what I mean, um, shit, the, the list goes on and on. Like, he just, so many people that he put on, you know, what I mean, within that circle is ridiculous, you know, what I mean. So yeah, yeah man, Shock. You know what I mean? All this underground family, you know? Essential. You got all them people. The mechanics. You know what I mean? DJ Dot was was a DJ uh a digital underground. You know what I mean? So Dot from the mechanics. Uh, Forax. You know, he's digital underground. Sophia. You know, everybody. Pac. So with that family tree, you know what I mean? Shot put, up, put us all on. You know what I mean? He had love and he had that ear for music. And he had fuck with motherfuckers that he thought was dope, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. A pure musician, too. Um, you know, Shorty B uh, was telling us stories about, you know, working with him. And we just interviewed Pee Wee the other night. He told us that the Tupac song, uh, I Don't Give a Fuck, that was inspired by real-life events that happened the night before with Shock G and Digital Underground. They were going to some uh, record release party for uh, a group. I think it was, uh, I can't think of the name of the group. APG crew or something like that, or uh, it was an old old group that, uh, in the Bay Area, and they were going to a record release party and something happened in the store. And, but that Tupac went and recorded the song the next night of the events that happened the night before. You know that oh, authenticity. Shit. Okay. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was called APG Action Pack Gangsters, man. Yeah. That was the name of the group that you're talking about. Yeah, they old school, man. They came out in the um, late 80s, uh, uh, early 90s. They was killing shit from West Oakland. So, yeah, I could, I could imagine that got funky. <laughs> yeah. 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 And then with Pee Wee going to jail, uh, taking the rap for Pac, you know, uh, they, they were wanting to get Pac, you know, um, but Pee Wee took it, you know, they got him out the next morning. Shock G came and bailed him out. But uh, to hear those stories, though, it's just amazing, you know, because the Bay is just so rich, man. What was it like coming up amongst all that? Um, I was influenced by it, you know. I never thought I'd be a part of it, you know. You're just a dude in the neighborhood that can run, you know, but you, you're looking up to the Hammers, the Shock G's, you know what I mean, the Tupac's, the Money B, the Raw Fusion, you know, all these dudes that's, that's putting it on, Too Short, everybody, you know. It's just a big influence to just make people in Oakland want to rap. Like, we could make it just like the big homies, you know what I mean, or our favorite rappers from the town or the Bay Area, you know what I mean, Mac Dre, all them dudes, man, was the influence. So just to be working with a lot of the people I just named, it's, it's amazing, like a dream come true. You know what I mean? Period. I never thought I'd be doing this shit. I thought I'd always be um, a cartoonist because I know how to draw good and shit. So everybody thought I'd be at Marvel Comics or Disney or some shit like that. But, you know, um, just, just rocking with this music and the love for this music. I got a hang of it, and I, I've been doing it ever since, man. So, yeah, this would be rocking with some of the legends and the people I looked up to when I was a teenager is a fucking blessing. It's like, I never thought that would happen, you know. So God is good, you know. You never know what he got lined up for you in the future, you know. And, and I'm sure there's plenty under you, you know what I'm saying, from uh, the younger generation who say the same thing about you. You know, uh keeps going uh, uh, full circle, which is a good I thing. I mean, but like, the underground was real personal because, like, we used to see them, like, at junior high school. Money B lived, like, two blocks from our junior high. So we would see wow. him every day ride down the street, and we'll see Shot G riding down the street going to his house. So, and then their cousin went to our junior high school, me and them school, junior high school, so they'd come pick him up. So we we seen them since we was like 14, 15, you know what I mean? And to grow up to get 19, 20, and we working with them is like, wow. You know what I mean? But we always seen them. they always been around, you know what I mean, period, since we was little, because they lived right next door. I mean, Money B did. He lived right next to Westlake, you know what I mean, which is on Grand Ave. So he, he was right there. I mean, Park, what is it, Park Ave or Grand, one of them Aves. But, yeah, it was the main boulevard for our fucking junior high school. He had passed by that motherfucker every day going home or going somewhere. So, yeah, just to fuck with them was amazing. We we always looked at trying to fuck with them when we was little. We was rapping when we was 14, but we weren't dope. But, I mean, we was cool for what we was doing, but we weren't like we are now. You know what I mean? But, yeah, we was trying to get with them when we was little. We was called Brothers with Potential. You know what I mean? At the age of 14, me, Numb, and a few other brothers, yeah, we had a group, and we was trying to link up with them. Like, man, can't wait the money be drive up here so we could rap for them. So, yeah, we've been, <laughs> been trying to get down with them since we was little, and to actually, you know, it just fall in our, our lap, you know what I mean, with the five on the head, you know, was amazing. And then they just, you know, took us under like little brothers, you know what I mean, little bros. Took numb, me on tour with them, you know what I mean? Let us get a DJ. Uh, DJ Fuse ended up being our DJ for tour. Uh, they bodyguard, uh, uh, Zazi, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, he ended up being our bodyguard. So, yeah, we was just family, you know what I mean, after that. So that five on the remix uh, it was, was really the um, the bridge gapper, you know what I mean, between the loonies and uh, Digital Underground. 
Yeah, yeah, that's dope. How that was one of Shock's most memorable moments too. Um, you know that um, when he was looking back at his career. Um, but yeah, that must have been a legendary night, man. You guys, a lot of you guys had to come back the next day to lay the vocals and stuff. Uh, it sounds, it sounds like the one, having a good time. At forty, the one that that, that fucked everybody up. He fucked himself up. When keeping the real goes wrong, he got too drunk. Because he wanted to do a toast every time you pull up. That toast, that toast, five on it. We doing five on the toast all night, and he just down and shit. You know what I mean? Like, he's used to it. We ain't used to this motherfucker. We sipping on it, and it's still beating our ass. <laughs> and Foley's just down on the motherfuckers like they nothing. And uh, it's time to rap. He can't, he can't do his rap, man. He's fucked. You know what I mean? They had to give him a ride home, all types of shit. He couldn't even drive, man. So, <laughs> yeah, 40 was fucked. <laughs> Fucked himself up. His own made a concoction to fuck us up and fucked his own self up, man. So, south of 40, though. But, yeah, he had to come back the next day. We didn't know how he was coming. So, when he came and we heard the shit, I mean, we heard it after. He went to the studio by himself. But when we heard the finished product, we like, God damn, okay, 40. That's how you feel. You know what I mean? But it was a legendary night because also built our relationship with E-40, too. You know what I mean? Because we always tapped in with Sugar T, but we never had a real tight relationship with 40. And that that. Got our relationship with 40 going, too. So that was a legendary night for, for the Lonely Spirit, you know? Yeah. I mean, that song is just, uh, it, it was stood the test of time. It's, I mean, like we were talking about a couple of years ago, uh, the Prince over there in England was dancing. I got five on it on TMZ or something. I mean, it's just in everything, in movies. Um, it's one of those songs, too, that you can't really, uh, you did a successful remix to it. Uh, but, but would you ever consider doing, like, a, a, a new updated version, or is it something that you just want to leave alone? Um, we wanted to, but there's so many moving parts, you know what I mean, to that song, that it would be more of a headache than trying to put it together, you know, for, as far as the sample clearance and all the publishers on it and all that shit. It's like, we have to redo that shit again because it's a whole new song, you know what I mean? So yeah. that, that, that part alone, it would just be a fucking headache. You know what I mean? Period. Just trying to clear the shit again. Yeah. And um, yeah, um, and then sometimes you just want to leave shit alone. That's a classic. You know what I mean? You just want to leave it as it is. But I'd love to do an updated remix with all the the the, the fucking uh, marijuana rappers right now, the Wiz Khalifas and all them type of currencies and people like that. I'd love to do a remix. You know what I mean? A, a new one. You know, Red Man, Method Man, Be Real. You know. All them dudes on that thing, you know, that really burn it down. That'd be nice, but um, it, it's a lot of moving parts to the octopus, man. It ain't, it ain't just one, you know. Well, I'm waiting. Uh, uh, you know, one of the podcasts I really like uh, uh, is Hot Box with Mike Tyson, and uh, I've seen. You know, he he had a great show with Busy, and um, is that something you you think you would ever do in the future? I'd love to see uh, Tyson interview you. Um, I'm cool. <laughs> I'm too scared yeah. of Mike Tyson, man. I'd be, I'd be nervous, man. Even ask, answering the fucking question, how he just be going hard on motherfuckers. Like, it's, he's smoking weed and calm, and one wrong oh, answer would take motherfucker yeah. off. Like how he did a little boosie, and how he did. Oh TK yeah, Kirk yeah, yeah. I forgot about like, that. I'm like, man, like, do I need a bodyguard or a gun in that motherfucker? Like, I don't want to have intense. Interviews are where you want to fight a motherfucker and shoot a motherfucker for the disrespect. You know, jump a motherfucker. That's not what I'm there for. You know what I mean? And I definitely don't want a motherfucker to feel like that towards me. You know what I mean? Because I said something that he didn't like. So, 
Tyson is a second time bomb. I, I don't trust that interview. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, and I didn't think of it like that. <laughs> yeah, I just thought from the smoking aspect, there there'd be some some classic moments on that episode. But you're right. Any moment, whatever he question that cool he asks, be like, yep. Whatever question he asks, and be like, yep, what he said. I'm not answering shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, how you feel about this and? What you think about that, man? However you feel about it, that's how I feel. <laughs> yeah, tell me about oh, the no toad. <laughs> yeah. Shift uh, shift the I... focus away. But but uh yeah, man, that's uh that's a good point right there. Um Smoke a lot radio, uh you know, you guys have been doing it for many, many years. How's uh how's things going over there? Oh man, we keeping this shit lit, man. You know, we just stepped it up, we got the new compound, new location and shit. Got the corner cabin and shit, the new look, everything, man. We just keeping this shit going, man. Uh, sponsorships and shit going. We just uh, signed a deal with Pi TV. You know what I mean? So, yeah, we just trying to level up, man. Um, we I think we was number four on the top hip hop podcast on uh, Complex dot com. So yeah, I mean, oh, the, the word is getting out. Yeah, the word is getting out, man. You know what I mean? The word is getting out, and um, shout out to my my business partners and co-hosts. You know what I mean? Uh. Kato, Fony, and Simone Taylor. Without them, I couldn't do this shit, man. So the three-headed monster, man, we fucking with it, man. We just did Razzcast like last night. Last night, yeah, we did Razzcast last night. So we still keeping it, you know what I mean, just classic, you know what I mean, and, and dope, you know what I mean? Like he had all types of beef with the game. We didn't even ask that nigga about that, you know what I mean? We try yeah. to keep it classy and more about what he's talking about, which is the Horseman album with him, Corrupt, um, uh, Killer Priest, and, uh, and um, fucking... Um, Cannabis, they just dropped their album. So we was more focused on that topic instead of all the little drama and shit. So we're just trying to do do professional shit and make the artists feel comfortable when they come to our platform. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, you don't want to interrogate them. <laughs> no, like, they, uh, they don't go to other platforms for that. Yeah, they go to other platforms yeah. for the interrogate. We ain't there for that. We're there for the history of the artist and letting them uh, dismount and, you know, talk about their shit that they got going on. You know, promote their vibe and their brand and whatever they got going. You know, on our platform. You know, absolutely. You know, and and, and it's always a good thing to be able to build bridges rather than burn them down. You know, yeah, um, yeah. Right. At the end of the day, man. Um, a lot of interviewers like been getting slapped. You know, what I mean, motherfuckers. That, like you do an interview with with somebody that somebody got a problem with, but you, the interviewee. The person that's interviewing, they come at you instead of the person that they got a problem with. I don't like that. You know what I mean? Like, if I interview somebody that got an issue with somebody, you should take it up with that person that had the issue with you on the interview, not the person yeah. that did the interview. So I've been seeing a lot of people, you know, get a splash from doing interviews with people and shit. And it's really the person that, that's talking, that's really talking and shit. It ain't the dude that actually doing the interview, you know, so. Absolutely, um, man. That's, yeah. I agree. You can't and control what um, say all the time. I mean, you don't know. You know. You don't know. You know, they can be on there for something totally different and then start talking some shit about somebody that they got a problem with and they on your platform now and this nigga got a problem with you or that person, whatever. You know what I mean? So that's the only thing I hate about it. You know what I mean? Because we definitely have been in a few cross flies where Arson felt some way about us because some other person that came on our platform and talked bad about us. So... You know, we always had that welcome mat. Like, you know, you're welcome to come on here and talk your shit. You know what Tell I mean? Your and, side and we're about, right? yeah. Tell your side of the story. I always say right, that, so. too. You're, you're, if you've got a problem with uh, what, what was said, you're more than welcome to come on and speak. 
Because I got no, yeah, no skin in the game. You know what I mean? I, I got no sides or nothing. I didn't, you know. I got and no we've had side. people offer no... people to stand. Right, right, right. So it's just a job, you know what I mean? But it's to coming from a nigga that's in the same game as them, so they, they look at it a different way. You know what I mean? I understand, you know what I mean? Because I yeah. was mad at the Outlaws one time when they had did a, an interview with the Realists when me and the Realists was going through it and, you know what I mean, really didn't call me to get my side of the story. You know what I mean? They just did it, ran with it, and, like, just let it go. Like, you my homie, my G. Like, at least you're going to call me and, like, yo, we got this dude. He's going to be talking real bad about you. You know what I mean? You're you, you free to come and, and rebuttal. And I didn't get that offer, so I was mad. Period. So I, ever since then, I, I make sure that if I do do an interview like that, I, I let a motherfucker know, like, you more than welcome to come tell your side. Because I done been through that shit and I was heated. You know what I mean? Period. Yeah. Like, me and Edie, like, he, he was, like, like heated, like, arguing and shit. Like, at South by Southwest, like, at a bomb-ass party. It got Gilly the Kid, everybody, all the celebrities in the building. And we over here just arguing about stupid shit, so... Yeah, that shit had me mad, man. So me and him cool now, but, yeah, that shit could start problems, you know what I mean? So I get it, you know what I mean? So just me going through it, I try to uh, nip that shit in the bud instantly, you know, because I know how I feel, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, You got to at least uh, not be biased. Because that's, you know, that's not what these platforms are designed for. They're designed for, like you said, hip-hop history and, and just having a good time, but... Sometimes people, uh, you know, they get in the, their feelings or whatever and start saying something, and, and you know, it is what it is. But, uh, well, it was right around the time. I was going game. through all the shit with, with Gonzo and the shit I was going through with Bosco, and then he wanted to, you know what I mean, talk his shit, too. Yeah. So, it was I remember, I remember that. that. Yeah, so I I'm like, oh, up, okay. I hit you up after Gonzo was on here, Yuck. Uh, he just had some... Choice words for you at the time. I, I don't know if you remember, but I hit you up. Was like and told you about. It. I was like, hey, if you want a rebuttal, you're more than welcome. You know, um, and uh, I think you're like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> but uh, oh, sometimes you know, you, you gotta. Gonzo, Gonzo called me and, and apologized. You know what I mean for all that shit. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like friends, friends bump heads sometimes. You know what I mean? Period. They get ugly. You know I mean, no. especially when you got a lot of history. You know what I mean? It can get ugly, you know, so, and it, as long as it didn't come to blows, we could talk shit about each other over the internet and on the phone and shit like that, but as long as it didn't come to no fighting and no shooting and no, uh, nobody got hurt or, you know what I mean, no casualties, man, we could always talk and get past it, so I was like, man, that dude, you know what I mean, we, we, we know each other, we really fucked with each other for like 20 plus years, you know what I mean, literally, That's so, yeah, I know him personally, so, you know what I mean, we're going to get past that. <laughs> you know what I mean? And we did. Straight up. Oh, yeah. Shout out to God. And that's always a good thing, man. Because people want right. to see that. You know, just like uh, uh, you and Numb, they want it, They always want to see the loonies drop another project. Oh, yeah, um, man. Shout think. out to Numb, man. Shout out to Numb. But um, that that situation is, is just a, a, a... I blame both of us. You know what I mean? I think the money, you know what I mean, this this split us apart. You get money, you start spending, start wilding, get new crews, and you start hanging with new people, and we stop fucking with each other. You know what I mean? The shit that really made us who we are, we, like, veered off and start hanging with new crews, made new crews. I made the regime. He made, you know, hit us on the payroll, and we went our separate ways, especially when I did my solo deal. You know, what are you supposed to do? Like, I'm just going to sit around and wait for Yuck to come back and do the loony shit. So, 
he got on 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 his grind and start, you know what I mean, getting his solo things and his group albums and shit going. So that that I think that right there fucked up the chemistry. And then when you try to come back and do music, it's not there no more. You know what I mean? Because we really not there no more. Like you know what I mean? Um, vibe rap wise and chemistry wise, because we've been separated from each other for so long. Fuck with different cliques and crews. Well, we, I mean, it's your crew. You know what I mean? It ain't like we. You know, he made his own crew. The hitters on the payroll. I made my crew the regime. So we the bosses of our crew. You know what I mean? The people who bought it together. It ain't like we. You know what I mean? So. He planted his seeds, and I mean, he let it grow, and I planted my seeds and let it grow, but that separated us, man. So, um, still to this day, we don't be like, really seeing eye to eye, you know what I mean? So, that's still my brother, you know what I mean? Got nothing but love for him, you know what I mean? Like, hey, you know, shit happens when we're groups, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Plus, people, you know, they just grow, like he said, grow apart. But one thing they'll never take away from either of you is uh, the fact that you guys made a timeless uh, classic. Like we were talking about, I got five on it. That's an anthem forever, you know. Yeah, um, man. And we made that together, man. And um, yeah, I, I'm gonna always salute him and have love for him, no matter what, man. What the personal issues may be, man, it happens to everybody. The biggest groups. We watched the Wu Tang split up. We watched nigga Joe Blooden and them balls break up. They were the best friends. NWA, like it happens. You know what I mean? Especially when you homeboys. You know what I mean? It's more personal, and you feel some type of way because y'all grew up together or y'all have a, a deeper relationship than the average motherfucker at a record label or a promoter or whatever the, you know, other business may be with somebody else. You motherfuckers actually came from the dirt with each other. So it should be a different type of respect. And when, when that respect leaves, it's like, okay, then fuck it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. On both sides. Not, not just, not just numb on my side, too. So I think we both the blame of it, you know what I mean? We grew apart, and um, hopefully we can bring it back together. But um, we made a classic, and that shit is here. It's in grace, you know what I mean? That shit like a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, man. That shit here to stay, you know? Yeah. We made a classic. Not a hit, classic. We made a classic, man. God bless. We made a classic. That shit still getting played like it was made, like it came out in 95 to this day on the radio. Like, you could just listen to the radio. Or shit, that shit going to come on. Sometime in the yeah. daytime, it's going to come on. Or at nighttime, that shit going to go boop, 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 no matter where you at. So you at the motherfucking games, and you know what I mean? The DJ's going to play it, boop, boop, boop. You're at the club, nigga, the, the club going to play it, boop, boop, boop. So that shit's still playing to this day. Like, it just came out, all the artists remixing and shit. So whatever we did back in the day was a blessing because we still could uh, – Prosper off of it to, to this day, you know what I mean? No matter if we see an eye to eye, that's just, just all over you know the what world. I mean? Yeah, it's already been made. Anywhere. We already done made made the hit that that needs to be made for us to both be cool. So, you know what I mean? Salute to him, man. Period. That, that's my brother. Still got number love for him, man. And I, yeah, we gonna bring it together, man. You know, grown niggas, you know, be having personal problems, and then they, you know, get over the shit. So. Hopefully yeah. one day we we'll oh, get yeah. over the shit and, and bring that chemistry back because that chemistry was unmatched. Period. I, I think you can do it. You know, if, if you got to look at it, you know, um, if if Public Enemy can still come together after all they've been through, you know, what I'm saying all the mm-hmm. things we saw Slave and Chuck and in, in the public spotlight go through, you know, if they can come back together and put out albums, anybody could. You know, because they're polar yeah. opposites. You know, Chuck and Flav right. are just, that's why it works. You know, and, and um, right. but yeah, man, I, I, I'm confident you guys can do that in the future. No doubt about it. Oh, we are going to do it, man. Um, um, 
you know, uh, 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 just, just, uh, uh, it's gonna prevail, man. Definitely, man. Smart heads gonna prevail, man. And um, we we gonna we gonna do it, man. Period. It's gonna be a lot of money on the table, and we gonna have to put all our shit to the side and say, hey, let's get. It. <laughs> Period. Let's so yeah. have money talk, make nigga squash everything. <laughs> So I, I, that's I all, coming, that's all it is, I you know. It's just, just the opportunity and the right thing right. to come along, and you know, um, yeah, man. If if I ever had the type of money, you know, what I'm saying uh, I'd be putting out so many fucking classics. Like I'd be bringing people together. I'd be I'd be like Mike Dean and all these guys. You know, what I'm saying just be like work with Nip, and it would be fucking legendary. Um, I'm gonna bring on the homie Sin. Uh I know he's got a couple questions for you uh in France. Sin, you there, brother? Sin. Hi Scott, hi uh Legend. Oh there he is. Yeah, hi hi Scott. Hi Legendary Yuk House. Yeah, um can you tell us about the the track of classic fifty one fifty uh with Shock G and he produced also the track. So it was amazing. Can you tell us about the uh, 51.50? Oh, man, that night was crazy, man. I think we, I don't know if we was on mushrooms or XC. I think probably mushrooms or something. But it was mainly, we was at the uh, the studio, Digital Underground. I mean, I think it was DJ Fuse Studio in North Oakland. Shock on the chords, the keys, you know what I mean, doing his thing, making the beat. You know, we just vibing. He just went, boom, he on them keys and getting it going. And then he, you know, start recording them keys, and, and then he, all keys, he just, you know, he's a piano man, so he can it out. We like, woo! Then he start putting the beat. <laughs> we like, oh shit! And we was like, fuck it, fifty one fifty, because we loonies. You know what I mean? We the loonies. We supposed to be crazy, so we like, let's make a loonies anthem. We like, okay, what's crazy? Fifty one fifty. So we like fifty one fifty, and we had had did the hook, and then you know. Me and Numb was like professionals that just doing skits and shit. Like back in the day, we got it from NWA and Ice Cube and all the people who did all the dope skits and shit, you know, on their albums. So we'd do skits and switch our voices up and shit. So, <laughs> so on the intro, man, I just came and just called him Shock Jesus. <laughs> you know, I am Shock Jesus. <laughs> like we just came with the whole shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? After we wrote the rhymes, you know what I mean? So. It was crazy, man. It was a crazy night. Um, and I was just and making you guys were shrooming? I think we went, yeah, I think, yeah, we were shrooming like a motherfucker, too. Mushrooms was in the building. And um, I think we just made the beat and the rhymes at their studio in North Oakland, and then we went to Pajama Jam. That's like a big studio, like downtown Oakland. We went to Pajama Jam and, and laid the vocals and shit. No, no, I, I think uh, Alameda. I think we went to uh, Alameda to, uh, to lay the shit. Either Alameda, uh, yeah, Alameda, definitely. We went to Alameda and later. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. Yes. Got uh, Michael, Michael Den's yes. spot. That Michael Den's studio. That's where he 40, uh, that's where we did the five, five on the remix at. So at Michael Den's studio, that's where we recorded that. Yes. You got also a song on a legendary turned out album. It was rapping on Mafia with uh, Jay Prince, Ghetto Boys, Ghetto Twins, Facebook, Keyboard Boys, Snipers. And it was produced by Mike Dean. How it was to record with all them and, and Mike Dean as a production in the lab? Uh, 
Man, man, just being on Rap A Lot alone was a fucking dream come true, man. I've always been a fucking Rap A Lot fan from the very beginning. And then for Rap A Lot to sign an a, a, a artist from my neighborhood, you know, rest in peace to Seagram. Seagram was from my neighborhood, 6-9-ville. I'm from the 6-5-ville with the same projects. You know, so, um, yeah, he was like the, the fucking town hero. You know what I mean? He signed to rap a lot, so we down with the Ghetto Boys. We down with fucking uh, uh, Bushwick Bill. We down with the Convicts. This one, Big Mike and and uh, and 3-0, you know what I mean, it was was a, a group. You know what I mean? And then we down with uh, a Gangsta Nick. You know, he was doing all the satanic shit. <laughs> so, yeah, man. Stephen was doing all the satanic shit, too, man, so. We was down with all that shit, like, in our neighborhood, just being teenagers, and then for me to grow up and be on rap a lot, you know, and actually be signed, you know, with, with the blessings of the big homie, Steve Room, and, you know, my Bill homies that had deals over there already. That's how I got lined up. But fast forward, I knew who I wanted. I knew I wanted a fucking rap a lot song with all the fucking rap a lot artists on it, man, because this is a legendary fucking label. And I, I looked up to most of the artists. I, I came up to most of the artists on the shit, even the Fifth Wall Boys. You know what I mean? Like, literally, like, banging they shit before I ever came to rap a lot. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, fucking uh, Willie D, his solo album. Nigga, ball head hoes, not just the ghetto boys. But <laughs> Willie D by himself. Yeah. <laughs> banging his shit. Willie D was hella funny. Like, he had the funny rap. Like, he had funny-ass punchlines, but he was gangster. You know what I mean? But he was Hardcore, funny. Hardcore, man. That fifth word song was crazy. You know, before you can make it up and down the block, shoot your ass, lick your nuts, and suck your cock for a rock. (laughs) That was taking it to the next level. Man, he was funny as fuck, but still gangster, so we love Willie D. (laughs) Period. Scarface, Mr. Scarface, when he came with the whole album, we loved that shit. So I knew exactly who I wanted on that fucking song, and I... You know, I had to call the big homie, Jay Prince. Like, I want to do a song with all the artists on the record label from back then and the artists now. You know what I mean? Call the rap a lot mafia, Jay. was like, man, let's do it. So, man, we, we in the studio. Like, I say about 90% of the song we did together. No, 80% of the song we did together. And then um, another 20% is artists just coming and just putting their verses on. So Scarface is the last one to put his verse on. You know what I mean? I was mad. I'm thinking Scarface ain't going to get on it. He's taking a long time. Like, we wait weeks, weeks, turns to months. And I'm like, Jay, is Face going to get on it? And then Jay, you know, he made the, he called the shot, man, and had Face pull up. You know, Jay had a little intro to what, before Face came in. So not only Scarface on it, Jay Prince is on it. That's the, that's the motherfucking, uh, uh, the cherry on the motherfucking cake, you know what I mean? That, that yo, what? I got show <laughs> friends doing the intro, and then the face come and just clean up and then hit the home run and just like, come on, man, that was a fucking legendary song. That was a song that that I just wanted to pay homage to rap a lot, a label that I grew up loving, and um, end up being signed to, man. And um, yeah, I loved it, man. I love all the artists on there, even the the new artists that were there. I had, I was connected with them, the snipers. It was my niggas, man. Um, the Ghetto Twins, the Mahomes, you know what I mean? Like, everybody that was on that motherfucker, as far as the new people, I fuck with them, too. You know what I mean? Because we have the new era rap a lot. So we all tapped in with each other. So, yeah, that was a legendary song, man. Period. Definitely. We recorded that at the yeah. compound, man. Rap a lot got their own studio. So Mike Dean did the beat. You know, Mike Dean, he, he down with uh, Kanye West and, and Travis Scott and all that. So, 
Yeah, man, legendary shit, man. Shout out to Mike Dean. Shout out to the whole Rap Lot Mafia. You know what I mean? Shout out to Jay Prince. Yeah, you, you mentioned it also. Shane Graham was, uh, was getting to the by I think about Wage of Sin. It was a crazy song back in the day. <laughs> right. Yeah, but, that, but that's clown also rap a lot at this time. And, and you got also a song with N.O. Joe. Well, it's by N.O. Joe, legendary, so Yellow Brick Crowd. Uh, for Gabriel for production. Can you tell us about this one? It's what two big producers, Magin and O. Joe, crazy roster. <laughs> you talking about the uh, the Yellow Big Road? Which one? Yes, sir. On yeah, my, Yellow Big Road producer by N. O. Joe. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. On the Loonies or Yuckmouth? No, no, on Loonies. On Operation Shakala. And then who you say was on yes, it? Because I forgot, bro. I do so much music. Who was on the feature? <laughs> oh, Joe it was produced by N.O. Joe. Yeah. Who? N.O. Joe. N.O. Uh, Joe. N.O. Joe. N.O. Joe. Yes, sir. Yeah, rap a lot. N.O. Joe gets the beat. <laughs> yeah, I thought you said Izo yeah. Jew. I'm like, who's Izo Jew? I'm like, who's
with the album, wow. not the single, the album over Michael Jackson, everybody, man, for three weeks straight. So, yeah. That's an uh, amazing thing in itself. That's, that's Yeah, they, they, they clearly lost. And it was over like, it wasn't a, a new Michael. It was like a Michael Jackson, uh, like, uh, greatest hits type of album, something like that. It wasn't like the uh, new Mike or nothing like that. But still, we was over Mike greatest hits shit <laughs> right when it came out. You know what I mean? Uh, that's a, so, yeah, yeah, man. Can, can you tell us about uh, about Sibo with Tug uh, Love's album? And one last question. Uh, do you remember your first live show? You did the first one. Yeah. All right. Let's do the live show. First live show was with Drew Down, man, because we was all on the same. We was label mates, so Drew Down album was coming out first. So we all on Fools in the Streets. That's Drew Down first album. They had the Ice Cream Man on it, rig up all that. And um, yeah, yeah, Drew Down was doing shows, and uh, we got to get up there and do Ice Cream Man with Drew Down. You know what I mean? And that was like a local hit in Oakland, in the Bay Area. We woke that because, shit up. On, because on also, you know? Ice Cream Man was picked up by Mike Dean, too. <laughs> I, think, I think it was in 93. Yeah, yeah. 93. Our first show was in 93 oh, okay. or 94. 93 or 94, one of those. I think it was in San Francisco, and we woke that shit up with Drew now. Yep. Killed it, oh, yeah, but it was right. a Junaid show. We was just hype manning, but when we got to do our song, uh, Ice Cream Man, which was a hit, we killed it. And um, with the Thug Lords, uh, me and Tebo, man, um, been pushing the Thug Lords shit since the early 2000s. You know what I mean? So um, we had did a song together called Spray Yourself, and that was like a master piece. You know, that's when Tebo had an issue with him. That's when I had an issue with him. And um, that was the beginning of the Thug Lords. You know what I mean? The Thug Lords was created in that studio session. You know, we, we, like, the chemistry, like, our bars and shit complemented each other and our struggle complemented each other. You know what I mean? He's from Sacramento. I'm from the town, but we both from the shit. The projects, the gutter. You know what I mean? We live that shit. We had similar connections and similar people that rock with each other. So it was only right. You know what I mean? Period. I had an album called Thug Lord, album uh New Testament. So I'm like, like, we the motherfucking niggas that they look up to as the niggas in the streets. So we the Thug Lords, me and Buck, as a group. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's how the Thug Lords <laughs> was formed. Then we came with the uh, and Thugs We Trust album and um, murked it, man. Shout out to uh, Killer Tay. He was all on that motherfucker. Um, yeah, we, we did our motherfucking thing, period. And that, that just, man, we kept moving. So we, we working on a new one, too. We working on a new one right now. So, yeah. Thug oh, Lewis, really? And then, uh, yeah. And then we added Spice One. You know, the real thug lord was supposed to be me, Steve-O, and Spice One. Spice was, uh, you know, real busy and shit at the time. So me and Bo just knocked out the first two. And then you get the Thug Lord trilogy that has actually me, Bo, and Spice One on the, on the whole album. So we're trying to take it back to that on the next one, which is going to be me, Spice, and Bo together. So, yeah, Thug Lord, straight up. Hell yeah. Yeah, Hell when, yeah. when Steve-O came out and... Uh, In any treatment, Gus Chambers was very different from the rest because it was uncut. So I imagine you were amazed about that style. (laughs) Right, right. It was very different from the rest. Nobody did uh, that hardcore shit like him at at this time. It was more mellow. (laughs) (laughs) Very hardcore stuff. Um, 
yeah, the Bay at that time, I mean, uh, there was a lot of, uh, you know, uh, laid-back stuff, a lot of, uh, there was hard stuff, too, uh, comedy here and there, uh, just fun stuff, you know, like with Shock G. Sebo came, he, he just lit it up, and that shit was real hard. Yeah. Um, I want to ask you, though, before you, you do go, um, what, what do you got in the works? You know, do you have a, a solo album coming out, or? Yeah, me and Pete Rock, I've been trying to finish that for the longest, man. I, I really took a break during the cold because I didn't want to drop it when we couldn't really get out and really promote such to people. So now that it's opened back up, I'm finishing it up in the lab every day working. And I think, like, I wanted to drop it in the summer, but after rushing, I say the end of the year, you know what I mean? End of the year, like October around my birthday, you know what I mean? And we'll be able to play the, uh, you know, the Christmas circuit or <laughs> Thanksgiving type of circuit, you know what I mean, going into the uh, first quarter of next year. But, um, yeah, it, it got to be done right, you know what I mean, period. So we focus, you is know what I mean. Is he producing the whole thing? Huh? Is Pete Rock producing the whole thing? Yeah, he's doing the whole, all the production, you know what I mean, period. Oh, wow. So, yeah, man. It's like so, a yeah, premiere the shit in MTA, man. That's dope. Right, right, exactly, man. So shout out to... uh. Goddamn Pete Rock for even fucking with me, man. And I know I've been dragging my heels, man, and type of shit, but it ain't been the type of temperature to drop. Now that everything is open back up, people booking shows and shit, now it's time to drop. And we could really run it up, you know what I mean, and, and get our just dudes with this shit instead of frisbeeing some shit out like it's a mixtape. Like, we want to drop the vinyl with this shit, like a vinyl box, you know what I mean, a collector's item, the whole shit, you know what I mean, a collector's wow. pack, you know, get a whole cup. And we ain't just frisbee and this shit out it gotta be legendary you know what I mean so it gotta be right you know man that's, so that's we, we super dope those, man. culture I heard um, Amigos was working on Culture 3 for like four everywhere. years like I heard Amigos was working on Culture 3 for four years that, that took a lot of three years or some two years or some shit like that so sometimes it take a lot of time man period yeah yeah absolutely you know, you know uh, but well, that, that's something but to look choice, forward to. By choice, by choice. You know what I mean? That COVID shit shut the whole shit down, so I wasn't in the mood to put nothing out. Sorry about that. It was people that was running it up, though. Shout out Lil Baby. He ran it up during COVID, but nah, man. Me and Pete Rock got to land, period, straight up, and got to hit, you know, be able to touch the people. So it's coming. It's called Crack Rock. And look for it at the end of this year. Um, got another one, City of Dope, coming. You know what I mean? That's like a mixtape I'm doing. Got the Thug Lords coming. Got a, uh, another one at the Pete Rock called Elegant Thug. You know what I mean? Coming after that. A Regime album coming. Uh, United Girls of America, Volume 3, finally coming. Um, the podcast shit going. Smoke Live Radio, Smoke Runs is going. Um, the the Cannabis Ventures, of course. You know what I mean? We got the Rapper Kush Kratom going. You know what I mean? The Kratom Company. Um, yeah, we wiggling, baby. You did. Yeah, always staying busy and consistent, man. Longevity like a motherfucker. Yuck, it's always a pleasure. I appreciate you. Um, thanks for also uh, calling the you know uh, many of our classic roundtables. Had a lot of good moments with a lot of people. You know, um, it's always good to create that type of uh, legendary moment. You know what I'm saying? So I appreciate you, man. Always being down. Man, appreciate you having me on here again, man. Salute, man. Y'all be easy, all right? But hold on. Let me give uh, you, my, my shit for the people. Let me give my shit. Oh, yeah, all yeah, the, yeah, all yeah, the yeah, services and all the shit, man. So, 
Hit me on the IG at Regime General, R-E-G-I-M-E General, on Twitter at The Real Yuckmouth, T-H-A, Real Yuckmouth, um, website, smokealotrecords.com, for you to get all the insights on the tour dates, the, the albums, the merch, everything you want to do with the kid and the regime is on that site, man. So go check that out. We got the YouTube channel, Yuckmouth TV, you know what I mean? Subscribe to your guy. You know, we got all the Smoke A Lot radio, all the episodes up that the, the uh, What The Fuck Weeklies, the Speak On It, the, the Wonder Twins, there's so much shit on there, man. So check that out. Go subscribe to that and log in and fuck with us, man. Straight up, Yuckmouth. Man, that's what's up, brother. You take it easy. Peace. All right, for sure. We're out. Yep. <laughs>